The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now... Here is your host, Kelly Riggs. And welcome to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board. Biz Locker Radio presented by the Business Locker Room. We're operating at the intersection of sports and business, the online show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today to impact your business. In fact, if you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, you're definitely in the right place. Experts in sales and marketing, social media, leadership, and much, much more. It's Biz Locker Radio, and I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, thanks for joining us. You can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. I want to encourage you to follow me on Twitter as well, at Kelly Riggs. And by the way, do what I do. Download the podcast on iTunes. Listen to it while you're in the car, especially today's show. Show number 51, Achieving Sales Acceleration. We've got a couple of spectacular guests online and ready to go, and we're going to start our conversation about sales acceleration. But first, let me tell you a little bit about what's coming down the road. We've got three, now four consecutive weeks of high-power, world-class sales guests. Today's guests, Andy Paul and Doyle Slayton, I'll tell you more about them. Next week, Tim Ohai will join us along with Colleen Francis. Colleen has been a guest on the show before. Really excited to have her back with Tim. The week after that, Lee Saltz and Jim Keenan will be a part of the show. And then finally, the week after that, Jeff Shore and Jack Malcolm. Both Jeff and Jack are part of the coaching staff here in the Biz Locker Room, and they have a blog post each and every month that comes out. As a matter of fact, Jeff Shore's post will come out tomorrow. So excited about what's on tap for the next several weeks as we're going to talk sales, sales, sales and much more in the way of sales and we'll begin today with our two guests really excited to have these guys on board again we're going to talk about sales acceleration Andy Paul first he's been on this show before he's a guy who's written a couple of great books zero time selling and his most recent book amp up your sales he has uh, worked in the sales business for a long time worked with raw technology startups and fortune 1000 companies and everything in between and he'll be joined by Doyle Slayton, co-founder of Zumbi. That's X-O-O-M-B-I, Zumbi.com. They're a sales acceleration company that uses software and a methodology to align inbound marketing sales and sales operations. Doyle and Andy, great to have you guys on board. Hey, thank you. Hey, it's going to be interesting. Not very often do we have two guests on at the same time. 
And we'll also be joined later uh, by Miles Austin in the X's and O's part of our broadcast when we talk about technology and how it impacts sales. Andy, let's, let's start with you. A little bit of background from you, my friend, uh, in terms of what you're doing and how you impact this conversation today on sales acceleration. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think that, you know, as you mentioned, first and foremost, that, yeah, I've written about this in two books so far. Uh, zero Time Selling, which, as you might expect, based on the title, <laughs> concerns itself with sales acceleration. And really, the subtitle of that book says it all. It's, you know, 10 essential steps that every company can take to accelerate its sales and then amp up your sales. They're continuing with that whole theme in terms of just why is time so important in sales and why salespeople be much more conscious about making best use of customers' times to help them make good decisions quickly. Yeah, you bet. You know, I'm a big fan of both of your books, Andy. And uh, one of your books came up in a conversation uh, at an association event I had uh, last week. And we talked a little bit about that. Let me turn to Doyle Slayton. Doyle, the co-founder of Zumbi, you're called a sales acceleration company. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you get here as well. Sure. Thanks, Kelly. Well, you know, for me, I had a background in selling software uh, for small uh, to medium-sized type of, of businesses. I also had a background working for large higher education companies, and I could tell the difference very quickly in the type of response that I would get from my outbound prospecting because I have a cold calling prospecting hunter background mentality. It's one of those things that that I enjoy. It's not common out there. I like it. But what I noticed is it was very different calling for the big name company than it was for the smaller uh, company. And so what I decided was, listen, the more I saw people come and go from these uh, uh, from their sales positions, you don't want someone to last, you know, three to six months in a in a software sales position. It kills uh, your company's ability to grow. So I realized, listen, not very many people have the mental toughness to be able to withstand this for year over year over year, having to make a hundred to two hundred dials just to get an appointment. So what I decided was I was going to take my sales mentality and approach and build a marketing agency and that be our differentiator to strengthen your outbound with inbound. And so that's how Zumbi was born. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I've got two of the best guys on the planet to talk about the, the subject today, sales acceleration. Andy, I'm going to turn back to you. Zero Time Selling was a breakthrough book for you, I know, and you addressed this idea of accelerating the sales process. Tell the audience why it's important at this stage of the game to begin to begin thinking about sales acceleration. Well, the primary driver is that your customers want, you know, they're busy. Everybody's acknowledging you know, everybody's busier than usual. Your customers want to be able to make decisions faster. You know, it's been research done in the IT space in particular by companies like IDC and others that said that found that customers want buyers that they want to be able to make decisions up to 40% faster. And so that really sort of triggers questions, well, what's holding them back? And what's holding them back is us, the salespeople. You know, they, they are prepared, they, they, the buyers, are prepared to move much faster than many sales organizations are. So being able to look at your process and say, geez, that each, each of my critical or customer-facing sales processes, how can I continually refine those? And sort of the theory behind zero-time selling was how could I theoretically refine those processes to the point where they happen in zero time? And, you know, it's, that's sort of the, the perspective you need to have is, you know, geez, if we got a sales lead in, how long does it take us to follow up? 
a sales lead? And what should our process be to optimize that process in such a way that it helps the customer make faster progress to their buying process? Here's an interesting thought, Andy. I know that technology and, of course, the ac- access to the Internet and information and all of those kinds of things have really changed the whole sales process in that sense. But was, was this a, a challenge even before the advent of, of digital and technology and the Internet? Well, I think it was. And so the customers were sort of uh, held hostage, let's say, by salespeople. Because if I look back to when I got started selling back ages and ages ago, if the customer wanted information about my product or service that I was selling, they basically had one source for that, and that was me. You know, there wasn't the Internet, as you said. There were very few, when I was in the computer industry, when I first started my career, very few third-party resources or references available to be able for the customer to go to and say, okay, well, you know, do this work and this research on their own. And so... I think the customers always wanted to go faster, but they were really, like I said, held hostage because they could only buy as fast as the seller was prepared to sell it to them. Yeah, no question about that. I, th- I think, Andy, it's, it's, it's a problem that it, it transcends the digital age, but it's certainly the digital age makes it much more visible. But salespeople have always been accused at certain levels of being non-responsive or slow to respond. <laughs> Doyle, yeah. let, let, let me turn to you, Doyle. Zumbi is, is characterized as a sales acceleration company. How, how do you see the advent of the digital age and the impact on the sales process? Well, I think it's, it's making a huge difference. A lot of people are, are talking about how the buyer has all the advantages, and I don't agree with that. I mean, I think we're playing on equal playing field. We, we, we've got, as salespeople, as much access to information as, as well. Uh, and, and it's our responsibility to be able to use it and leverage it. The problem is how much time you have in order to do all kinds of research. And you know that the worst uh, response that you want a sales rep to give you if you're a sales manager walking the floor and say, hey, how's it going today? And the response is, oh, just doing some research. Uh, you, you might have a problem there if that's uh, uh, time poorly spent, right? So yes. I think the deal is is being able to provide the technology and the business intelligence to make an impact for the salesperson to be able to operate more quickly, and and that's the key. You know, I've I've said uh, before I've asked the question. In fact, I had this conversation with Tibor Shanto, which I know you both know. I said, "What is the greatest equalizer in sales?" And he said, "Time." And I think that's absolutely right. Time is the great equalizer. But there's another one that I would say. And that is indifference or disinterest by the customer. And so the list of people that you're calling on has to be uh, also on their right timing and, and buying process to be able to want to talk to you. Everybody's talking about how s- nobody wants to talk to salespeople. That's not true. When they're interested in buying, they're interested in talking to us. So we've got to get in front of the right people at the right time based on where they are in the buying cycle. And the technology is out there to start getting us to that place. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Andy, when you, when you hear what Doyle says, it's, it's actually about being at the right place in the right time. But once you're at the right place in the right time, the window is, uh, is a pretty short window to actually get involved with the customer or you might actually lose that opportunity. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So I mean, when I, the way I express and the way I work with, with companies in their selling process to say, look, if the customer is going to invest their time in you, and in return, they need to receive something of value. 
right? They need to get a return on their investment of time and you. And so a salesperson, you know, Bill's point notwithstanding, but, you know, the timing is important. So when you have that opportunity to engage with a prospect, you have to be absolutely certain that each and every time you interact with them, it doesn't matter how big or how small, it could be an email or a voicemail or it could be an in-person call, is you need to have a plan to deliver something of value to that prospect that helps them move closer to making a decision. Otherwise, it's not worth their investment of the time. They're going to turn around and say, well, why did we just spend 15 minutes or why did I spend five minutes listening to that voicemail and thinking about it or why did we spend an hour with, with, uh, with John if, if he didn't provide anything of value for us? And, and value in sales is, is really a word you hear much more these days. It really has a quite simple definition when I think about it in terms of helping accelerate the sales process. And value is you know, any information, and that could be data, it could be a great question, a probing question, it could be insights that you bring from other work you've done with other customers, but information in any form that helps the prospect move at least one step closer to making a decision. My two guests on the show today, superstars in the world of selling, Andy Paul, author of both Zero Time Selling and Amp Up Your Sales. You can find him online, by the way, andypaul.com. Make sure you're following these guys on Twitter. Andy's at Zero Time Selling. And, of course, Doyle Slayton at Doyle Slayton. And you'll find his website, zumbi.com, X-O-O-M-B-I. It, it really, to me, when we talk about it, guys, it, it sounds very much like the exact same conversation that we were having 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, even further back when I broke into sales. It's still about value. It's still about fulfilling customer needs. It's just that the whole landscape and the buying cycle seems to have accelerated dramatically. Let me turn over to Doyle. Doyle, what in, in terms of tools... Oh, we don't have Doyle. All right. Well, let me go back to Andy. Andy, in terms of tools and, <laughs> and keeping up with people, uh, right. and keeping up with customers where they are, how do we do that? Well, you hit on a key point first, which is at the end of the day, no matter what tools you use, it's still about a person-to-person interaction, right? And yes. so that much that much hasn't changed. At some point, you have to get to that level. But, but there are all these technologies that exist. We've seen an explosion in the last two years of sort of the sales engagement and sales enablement tools, whether it's something on the, the relatively, I don't have to say this wrong way, but relatively simple side in terms of email tracking and uh, being able to find out when people engage with the content you, you send to them. I think that's a great tool that, that uh, every salesperson should want to use. It's amazing. So when I work with clients, how, how few are still using it. It's going to come, but it's, you have great tools like that. Obviously, you have LinkedIn and some of the social tools to help you really uncover people that potentially could be prospects and connect with them in a way that's a little different than a standard cold call. Uh, but still, it's fundamentally sort of a cold call in some respects. And it's, you know, the list sort of goes on. It really depends on what you're, at least my way of thinking, is, you know, how you are comfortable selling yourself. And there are tools to help you support you, what you do uh, and your style. Uh, that are available out there. Now, it's really interesting. You, you know, when you go out into the workplace and you deal with salespeople on a regular basis like I do, you begin to talk about some of these issues, Andy. Uh, uh, I, I think most people understand the concept and they get it. Let me ask you, what kinds of pushback do you get from salespeople? What are their complaints? What are the challenges that they encounter when you begin to talk about accelerating the sales process? Well, they think that they're too busy already, right? So that anytime you're laying something new on sales, 
as a rule, salespeople probably know different than most people in life, a little resistant to change. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, even if they're not necessarily knocking it out of the park in terms of quota, they're still going to be somewhat resistant to change. Um, but I think with some of the new tools, it's really sort of getting them to change their process, really understanding what, what has changed from the customer's perspective in terms of how they're evaluating, gathering information and evaluating it to make a decision. And once you sort of get them to sort of understand that, yeah, it's, at one level it's the same, but also the sense of urgency has changed the way, as you talked before, the customers have educated themselves to a large degree prior to engaging with a salesperson for the first time. It demands a different response when you finally engage with them. And when you finally get that message through, they sort of get it, right? Yes. So now if they get a lead from a prospect, you try to teach them, look, don't go to top of the funnel selling, right? Don't lead with, hey, do you know about my company? And this is where we got founded. You know, we founded the company in this garage, blah, blah, blah. They already know that. They really don't care. But today when the educated prospect reaches out and engages with you, by definition, they've gone, as you said, part of the way through their buying process already, and they've reached the point where the information they need to continue their evaluation isn't available on your website, isn't available online. They need to engage with you as the seller. And as I said, by definition, they've got fewer questions that need to be answered, and their timing is more urgent because they're already, you know, some way, some part of the way through their buying process. They have to be prepared to engage with them on that basis. You're listening to BizLocker Radio. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back on the other side. I'm going to ask these guys about technology a little bit more there. Has selling become too impersonal because of the use of digital technology? We'll also talk a little bit about the difference between calling on baby boomers and the new millennial generation. Is there actually a difference? More of our guests when we come back. Andy Paul and Doyle Slayton will be right back. We'll take a timeout. You're listening to BizLocker Radio on Voice America. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth, and in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, and welcome back to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board as we continue our conversation about sales acceleration. By the way, I mentioned again, the next three weeks will be more of the same as we'll have some world-class salespeople on this show talking about the issues and the ideas that are really prominent in the world of sales today. We're excited to have on board Andy, Paul, and Doyle Slayton. Andy Paul, of course, the author of Zero Time Selling. Follow him at Andy Paul or uh, excuse me, at Zero Time Selling on Twitter, and then Doyle Slayton at Doyle Slayton. Doyle, before we went to the break, I made reference to the fact that a lot of technology in some people's minds have made selling and salespeople more impersonal in their approach. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, I would ask, I would respond to that with a question and say, what what makes you think that? Um, I won't do that to you. I'll, I'll give my opinion on that. But I mean, to me, I think it gives us the opportunity to be more personal. I mean, it it, it allows us to gain insights that we wouldn't have had before technology existed. To be able to get on their website, to be able to go on LinkedIn, and to find out what our prospects care about. And then we personalize our message based on how our products and services tie into the things that they're talking about, they're interested in, that they need, the challenges they're trying to overcome. Uh, to me, it's, a, it's an ability to use and leverage the information that's out there to make it more personal. And that comes from the technology. Well, Andy, a lot of people, my sense is a lot of people talk about uh, technology and they say that's why it's impersonal because LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and blogs and everything have been substituted for real face-to-face selling. Agree or disagree? Oh, I think there's there's a little bit perhaps of that that takes place, but I think in general, if you want to be able to sell something, you have to talk to somebody. Yeah, I think that, that if you look at maybe the software as a service uh, business, if you will, which is, I think, pioneering some interesting approaches to sales these days. You know, they're selling using, uh, you know, young people selling products. And it's, yes, it's phone based, but it's all based on talking to somebody. And all the outreach is based on talking to somebody. And that's the goal is you got to be able to have a conversation with somebody to really define what their requirements are and how you can be of value to them. And so, I don't think it's making it less personal. I think that it's, I think there are some people, salespeople, that are trying to default to that. And those are the salespeople that are always sort of call reluctance anyway. And they're going to try to hide behind some of the technologies. But the ones that are really succeeding, the ones that are really making their number, you still have to engage with people. Yeah, it's a great point, Doyle. And he used a word that we used to hear a lot, call reluctance. You know, there are some people who just have that fear of rejection and so forth. Do you think technology in some ways gives people a a way to overcome that call reluctance? Or if they have it, it's still going to be there regardless? I think people who have call reluctance have call reluctance regardless. And, and, And what bothers me about what, you know, oftentimes marketing has a bigger voice, not, not oftentimes, they always do have a bigger voice online. And you hear too many people talking about how, you know, cold calling is dead and, you know, uh, prospecting on the phone is, is a waste of time, etc. I like what Trish Bertuzzi says, where she says, it's the cold that's dead, but not the calling. And I think that's <laughs> what Andy is saying. You've got to talk to people uh, and, and make the connection to be able to uncover needs. Now, you know, now the big thing that people are pushing out there is that 
you know, you don't need salespeople to sell and that your website is your best sales person, et cetera. And I think people get misguided and get confused when uh, uh, marketing pushes out messages like that about the reality of what's really happening out there. Yeah, we really have to laugh, don't we, Andy? I mean, it seems the rumor of the death of the salesperson is a bit premature. In fact, I would suggest that the salesperson is needed much, much more now than in the past simply because of information overload. Do you think that's a valid observation? Well, they certainly can play a role in helping the customer sort of navigate through the information, the, the welter of information that's out there. I, I mean, I agree with you. I sort of laugh because I work with a lot of venture-funded companies, and I remember – uh, seven years ago, where prominent venture capitalists from Silicon Valley saying that they never again would invest in a company that had a sales force. And yet, you look at some of the hottest companies that are out there, the you know, so-called unicorns and so on, many of them are these software as a service companies that have, have big sales forces. So uh, they found that actually it works. And so, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to see the death of Salesforce anytime soon. Doyle, have we identified the perfect blend of salesperson and technology? I mean, do we have a sense now that technology has been around a while? Of course, you've had Zumbi on, online for quite some time now. Do we have a sense of what the right blend is in terms of the use of technology versus that face-to-face selling, or, or has it changed much? Well, I think you've got to be more of an expert uh, than what was expected before. In, in your products and services, <clears throat> but in the industry as a whole, in the marketplace that you're playing in, you've got to know your competitors, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and of course, you've got to know about your clients uh, that you're targeting so that you can be selling in context. And the challenge becomes is finding someone who's good at all of those things and is willing to hunt for new business and doesn't have the call reluctance that we talked about earlier. So what we need to be able to do is identify folks that fit that mold and really uh, take advantage when we find them by providing them with sales enablement and sales acceleration tools and applications that's going to help them work faster. Because maybe you don't need a team of 25 reps that are hammering the phone, making 100 dials a day. Maybe you can get down to, you know, 10 to 15 reps that fit the mold, and you provide them with the technology. You spend that, those extra dollars on business intelligence and technology that helps them call on good prospects where they can get to turn around these deals a lot more quickly. Andy, you spend a lot of time in front of sales teams. I, I know that uh, perhaps Doyle does as well, but let me ask you specifically, Andy. When you talk about generational differences in the workforce in management and leadership, there's some real palpable differences between the two and some real concerns in how to deal with different generations. How do different generations respond to this idea of sales acceleration relative to technology? Do you see a big difference in in the way uh, the baby boomer responds versus the millennial? Well, no, not not terribly. I mean, I'm maybe a little bit of a contrarian on this, and I, I because I have not seen a huge difference between the two. I think that certainly the the millennials might have a certain comfort level with some of the technologies that boomers might have to spend more time learning. Right. But I find that that you know successful salespeople, regardless of the generation, they're going to find something that really works for them and put it put it to use. And yeah, I mean, I I'm a baby boomer. I'm not reluctant to say that. And. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of a lot of peers that 
you know, are as advanced in the way they consume information relative to mobile technologies and apps and so on as, as millennials are. And it's just a matter of investing, investing the time and, and uh, the effort to make it happen. Well, let me direct it to you, Doyle. I mean, as a guy who runs a software company that's involved in, in marketing and inbound and all of those kinds of things, you see a difference in terms of the way millennials and baby boomers approach this? Do, do, are baby boomers out of step or are they adopting fairly quickly? I think the ones that are adopting quickly have an advantage and the ones that aren't have a disadvantage. And here what I mean, here's what I mean by that. Those that are uh, adopting uh, uh, these new technologies and tactics have an advantage because they are skilled salespeople oftentimes. They have some of the old school mentalities that I still believe in very strongly uh, that, that, that work in sales, and they're the basics, right? So uh, they're good at getting millennials up to speed, and if they can leverage technology and connect with a millennial in ways that they understand and want to learn, it's a powerful combination. On the other end of the spectrum where I think it's a weakness is – when millennials really think that the game hasn't changed and they're used to, well, I always did it this way. And if we just had people who were mentally tough and could hammer the phone and and do all of these things the way that I used to, uh, they'll be successful as well. And therefore they're not adopting the technology and and it's hurting them and and the the, the business is passing them by. So that's how I would say it's a case by case basis, depending on where along the continuum you land. Uh, from what I just described. Well, we don't want to get away, guys, without hitting the practical application, giving our listeners something they can really sink their teeth into. I think we're agreed that technology plays an enormous role in in the sales cycle now. It gets buyers much further along before salespeople even get involved. That puts a heavy emphasis on salespeople to be responsive and to speed their time to reply to customers. And as Andy and Doyle both pointed out, to make sure that you're bringing value to the equation. But let's, let's talk about some very specific things that salespeople can do in order to improve their sales acceleration, their responsiveness. Andy, I'll start with you. Give us a couple of good ideas we can take away. Yeah, I mean, the first idea is that you have to actually know how long it's taking you to do certain things in your sales process, right? It's, you know, everybody guesses how long it takes. So take something simple. If you're a, a sales manager or a business owner and you want to start improving your sales process, take something like how long it takes you to respond to a sales lead. And measure how long it currently takes you and what percentage of your sales leads you are following up. And then say, okay, well, having got that, how do I improve this, right? And so look at taking steps that you can within your process, maybe to get your leads into the hands of your salespeople more quickly, uh, make sure your salespeople are adequately trained to be able to respond appropriately. But then use these metrics to say, okay, are we getting better at this particular task? You know, I had a client that that the uh, Taking about four days on average to respond to a sales lead, and we got them down to the point that they were responding to every sales lead within 30 minutes. And really, the strength of that alone practically doubled their sales over the course of three years. So it's just that level of responsiveness just blew their prospects away. And then the second thing I'd say, and then turn it over to Doyle, is that as I talked about before, is every time you interact with prospects, you need to have a value plan. And the value plan is your salesperson. Does again, it doesn't matter if it's a voicemail, an email you're sending, or an in-person call, a video call. Two components. So one is you have to have a goal relative to the value you're going to deliver to the prospect in that interaction, and you need to have an outcome defined in terms of what are the next steps the customer will take as a result of receiving the value. And if you don't have that in place, 
before you reach out to engage with a customer, you shouldn't do it because you're just going to waste their time. So just wait to have that take a minute, two maybe, to plan this, but have it in mind and be deliberate in your action. You know, before I turn to Doyle, Andy, let me follow up. I mean, I hear you suggesting that cutting your response time can have a dramatic impact on performance. Uh, I'm going to guess that you find that to be consistently true. Is that fair? Yes. Do you, Absolutely. Do, I mean, it's seen it well, multiple, multiple you, locuses. Okay, good. I, and I, you know, I, I think that's interesting because most people, I, many companies that I'm aware of, don't even track that very simple metric of how long it takes them to respond to a lead. If if you're if you're way back, you're a small company, and you're not using CM, CRM in all of its power and complexity. What what what's the easy way to do that? I mean, is it just a basic analog recording and then try to make some changes? Well, so what you do is just. Track it. Hey, assign somebody to track it on a spreadsheet if you have to. But right. uh, in terms of this is when the lead came in, and this is when it was followed up. But you know, the biggest things that especially a small business or a small mid-sized business can do it, with lead follow-up is again the example of that client I talked about before. I, <laughs> I said, well, part of the reason that it's taken four days, and I pointed to the CEO. I said, because you're not checking to make sure it's happening. And so the first thing we put in the place is. Every day at 4.30, the CEO logged onto their, their CRM system and checked to make sure that all the open follow-ups for the sales leads had been taken care of and were closed. And immediately, all 100% of the leads were followed up within the same business day, just on the first day that I made the change. Yeah, it's so good it's, stuff. It's, it's, very, it's very simple to do. And then the next level to that, though, is you need to make sure you have the right people following up. And if we have more time, we could jump into that. But you know, get your people that are really knowledgeable about your product and service to make sure they're the ones that are quickly following up. And what you're going to do is you're going to eliminate the customer's incentive to go talk to other vendors. That's uh, that's a great at. point. That's a great point. Doyle, I'll turn to you. A couple of uh, ideas or thoughts or tips that you would give to salespeople, very practically speaking, that they could use in terms of sales acceleration. You bet. Great tips from Andy. Tough to follow that up. What I would do is just piggyback on what he said And I would start with expertise. I mentioned it earlier in the call, and I think you've got to be an expert because your your customers are experts, and and they're doing research to be able to figure out what it is that you offer. So become an expert in your field, in your industry, and make sure that you're able to ask the right questions, that you're able to handle objections. And one of the best ways that I think that you can do that is to record your calls number one, and listen to how you sound when you're on a sales call. That's that's critical. The second thing is, is practice out loud. A lot of people practice in their mind, and it sounds a whole lot different when it crosses their lips. So what I say is, listen, you've got plenty of time when you're when you're driving to and from sales calls, when you're driving to and from uh, work. Think about the conversations you've already been in or the ones you're about to be in and have the conversation out loud and think to yourself, if they say this, I'm saying this. If they say that, I'm responding with this other uh, uh, comment. And start to practice and really self-evaluate how your, how your sales calls are going. And I think we've mentioned it uh, amongst the three of us today sales process is really the key. You mentioned, Kelly, the importance of CRM. I think millennials are, are, are more apt to embrace CRM than, than what I'd seen in, the, in, in our generation with baby boomers in the past. That's an advantage because if we can get our salespeople to follow a process 
they can reproduce it over and over again and help them move as fast as they can. Sales process is critical. And some of the key benchmarks that I would put on my tick sheet as a sales rep is, listen, I need to be able to walk in every day and in my CRM, I need to have a minimum of 20 to 40 scheduled follow-up tasks with my prospects every day. And that can go up or down based on you know, how your company operates. Some people more, some people less based on the size of the deal. But I like nice round numbers of around 20 to 40 scheduled actions every day. And the other thing that I want to work myself up to as a sales rep is to have a minimum of 10 deals in the pipeline. If I can have 10 deals at any given time, I'm going to avoid the roller coaster ride of getting up and down when, when my couple of sales close and then I have to rebuild again. If you keep filling that pipeline and have about 10 in there at any given time, you're going to be successful consistently. You're going to be at the top of your class. Absolutely fantastic stuff from both Doyle Slayton and Andy Paul. Make sure you find these guys online. If you're in the sales business, you need to know a whole lot more about them. AndyPaul.com. Read his blog. Find his books, by the way, two that need to be in your library. And Zumbi.com. Fantastic blog from Doyle Slayton and his team. X-O-O-M-B-I.com. Find their blog online as well. Gentlemen, great to have you both on board. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks Kelly. All right, very good. We're going to take our final time out. We'll come back on the other side. Mr. Miles Austin of fillthefunnel.com will join us. We'll do X's and O's. We'll talk technology, and we'll continue this conversation on sales acceleration with him as well. Stay with us. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to BizLocker Radio on Voice America. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
dog barking, or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back to The Business Locker Room. Biz Locker Radio, presented by Business Locker Room, as we like to say, operating at the intersection of sports and business. Definitely the online show that creates conversations that provide useful content that you can use. Many thanks to Doyle Slayton, and Andy Paul, two sales superstars, joining us in our first two segments as we talk sales acceleration. Now we turn our attention to my good friend Miles Austin up in Seattle, Washington, joining us for the X's and O's segment. Uh, Miles, great to have you back after a week off. Thanks, buddy. Glad to be here, and I'm enjoying a beautiful 75-degree blue sky day in Seattle. Well, I'm not coming to Seattle today, but I am coming a little south of you. I'll be in Portland tomorrow for some work. Uh, but I hope the uh, hope it's as good there as what you're experiencing. That's what I've heard. Yeah, well, hey, we missed you last week. Uh, you took some much-needed and uh, much-deserved time off. At least that's what you're always telling me. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> but uh, we, did some, uh, we did some live broadcasting. And by the way, uh, Periscope, uh, I had an opportunity to broadcast quite a bit with Todd Schnick last week up in Chicago. We did a lot of Periscope. It's 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 really going to be an interesting tool, I think. Uh, where where is the conversation gone in the last two weeks for you on on the idea of Periscope? Um, pretty much the same direction. Look, it's still early, right? I, I don't know that either one of those two tools, either Periscope or even Meerkat, will be the final end result. But I know, like every other tool, in the very early days, they're pushing the limits. There's things that work. There's things that don't work so well. But just watch the space because what we're going to talk about the rest of today's show and a lot of my focus for the rest of the year is on the impact and the power of video communication. Yeah, I'm really excited about the advent of, of video. I've, I've begun to embrace it quite a bit more than I ever had. And as I mentioned, with Todd last week in Chicago, we, we did quite a bit of video work on, on uh, Periscope. Have not used Meerkat, may need to do that in order to gain some balance. But you've got some, uh, something new today to talk about in the video realm. Tell us about it. Absolutely, Kelly. Look, and I encourage uh, all of my subscribers on, our, on my website are going to know about this in about an hour. So your listeners today, our listeners that come into Biz Locker Room, are hearing it first. One of the common requests is, hey, get me in on these things when they launch so I can get the best pricing, so maybe I can get ahead of my competition. Well, write this and grab a pen. I'll talk for a second. I'm going to give you a link to go to and watch a demo for a product that is a video creation tool, and I'll talk a little bit more about what it does. But it isn't even available in tomorrow, until tomorrow morning. It launches at 8 o'clock. And it's one of these launches that will go up in price every day or two for the next week before it locks down. So just grab your pencil and just write this link down because it is, I think, the most exciting thing I've seen in video. And I have a lot of focus on it with a lot of tools we've shared. But write this down. It's bit.ly. Okay, bit.ly, it's a bit.ly link, bit.ly, vidmo pro, v-i-d-m-o-p-r-o, all lowercase. 
Vidmo Pro. Uh, I got to tell you, Kelly, I just uploaded a, a an overview on my YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash fill the funnel and just look for the most recent update, you'll see a demo. It is going to blow people's minds. You know, Kelly, as we've talked over the last few months about video and production and creation, we've talked about a lot of tools and techniques. We talked a lot about Camtasia, which has been my go-to tool for about seven years for editing and creation and merging of audio and video and all of that. Let me just tell you what this new product that launches tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock does. It is, in my opinion, um, probably going to be the hottest video tool that comes out uh, has is easily the hottest tool in the last couple of years and maybe for the next year or so. Here's some of what Video Motion Pro gives you. You get an ability to do everything that Camtasia Studio does. Okay, mm-hmm. It has automated screen capture. So you can capture what's on your screen if you're going to record a demo or something. It gives you the webcam recording. So if you want to just do a video of you talking to the camera, it does that. It gives you the ability to Edit all of the activities and, you know, uh, cut out pieces you don't like and mistakes, etc. It gives you, an integrated into this, an ability to create really professional, slick-looking introductions where you can add your logo and things. And they're, they're called stings or intros in some places. You're going to get 35 of these custom-built, and all you do is put in your company name and add your logo. And they're built in, and you can automatically add them. They give you some audio tracks, I think 20 in the standard package. So if you want a little bit of background music or some audio for it, you've got that. It gives you the ability to upload your product once you're done with your video directly to YouTube, putting in all the right keys, the tags, the keywords, etc. A really cool piece that I thought was probably the most intriguing of all these little additional features, this little thing we call lower thirds on the bottom. Right. that we see in different videos and things. This tool gives you, in the standard package, 30 of these that you can create. But the big key difference that makes them so powerful and, and the most current on the market, these are animated. So if you think back to CNN and ABC News, there's always some kind of animation going. They kind of flow in, they twinkle, they do what rotate, whatever it might be. These are animated lower thirds, and they are high-level, beautiful, professional-looking products. In addition, for those of you that are moving into green screen editing, this gives you the most amazing, easy-to-use green screen capability I've ever seen. I was so excited when I started playing with this. I thought everyone is now going to be able to do green screen. And then you obviously have at the end probably the one that people that are doing video in their marketing efforts are going to love. You know at the end of a video, let's say when you upload it to, um, uh, let's say, YouTube or Vimeo or something like that, they have an outro uh, at the end that you can create right within the tool that takes complete control over what the viewer does next. You can add, as an example, four additional videos that are live videos with links. You can give them information about where to go to next if you have a special offer, etc. All of that's available. Now, let me tell you this. Again, go write this down if you haven't. bit.ly slash vid. Mo Pro, V I D M O P R O, all lowercase. Here's what's amazing, and you know, Kelly, the Camtasia and all these products are you know two, three hundred dollars and more, and you got to keep buying them when they have new versions, etc. This product starts between forty-seven 
and $67 tomorrow morning. And the only difference in pricing for that pro is what type of license do you want? Uh, and by the way, it works on Mac or PC, but it depends on you know what type of license you want. And then there's a couple upgrades after that. You can buy additional outros and intros and all that. But even if you buy the best package at the intro level and nothing else, you're looking at a $67 investment. And that's a lifetime buy. You don't have to worry. The updates and things are automatic and they're free. Wow, I'm, I'm pretty much speechless at this point. I've been looking at the website as we've been going along. Again, if you're listening in, bit.ly slash forward slash Vidmo Pro, V-I-D-M-O-P-R-O. Uh, this this thing, and and I'm just wondering now, you, you're you the guy that got me fired up about Camtasia, and I went out and got Camtasia, and now you're showing me something different. Okay, so... <laughs> Kelly, that's the, that's the danger and the nature of my business, right? <laughs> now, you know what's really funny, because Doyle just hit on this in your previous conversation about boomers and millennials and the advantage of who is embracing and not embracing tech. This is an example. I, I have Camtasia. I have a license. I don't think I'll renew it when the next upgrade comes out. Now, again, I, I have it. I've already bought it, and it's still very useful. But I'm telling you, when you see the quality, I've known the creator of this tool now for about four years, and Josh is a high-quality um, business person who really supports his product. you got 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week support. There's some, new, there's some additional capabilities that are going to add, and you can choose to buy those. There's training and all sorts of other services, but I'm telling you, if you just buy the basic package, what I did is I bought my basic package. I bought the high end, the $67 package, and then there's one upsell, if you will, one additional offer. It's not required in any way, but I bought that next upgrade, so I got a bunch more outro creators and a bunch more um, animated lower thirds and intros and all that kind of thing, but I'm telling you, if you spend 100 to 120 bucks on buy the whole darn package for getting all the extra training and things, you've got a package that does way more than anything else on the market all on one screen. It's that exciting. Remember, it goes live tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern. So if you go to that link today, you can't even buy it yet, but there's a counter in there. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying. <laughs> 22 hours and three minutes to go before you can even pick it up. Well, Vidmo Pro is one of those things that is clearly going to bring some of that value that both Andy and Doyle were talking about to the sales process because I've got to believe that you can you can provide some real valuable content and information, uh, i.e. value to your clients, Miles, long before they even have the opportunity to get involved in the sales process. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because really interesting timing. About a week before I got access to this new product, I just committed to do a presentation at an event coming up first part of May called the Sales Acceleration Summit. There's about 20,000 people that attend this thing online. And my title for my topic was already submitted. And the title of that presentation to that audience is Getting Your Message Across Most Effectively Using the Power of Video. So, again, this is becoming mainstream. And you talked about Periscope and your use of video. You can take that Periscope video, move it into or import it into Vidmo Pro now and add all the customization that is just going to blow your viewers and your audience and your customers away. It is a phenomenal product. And I might sound like a, I'm an excited child on the playground. 
I am. It is that cool of a product. Well, I just figured you'd had one too many Red Bulls today, but uh, clearly this whole video thing has really got you fired up. Now, before we go, we got a couple of minutes. Before you go, how, how does the average salesperson take this, spend, uh, let's call it $100 to get all the bells and whistles. How does an average salesperson take this and do something with it in order to differentiate themselves from their competitors? I love the question, Kelly. That's exactly what I'm going to be communicating in a couple of weeks. Here, here's the piece is we all need to stand out, right? There's, there's, a 50 people call on that customer every week or more in some industries, right? How do you stand out and differentiate you, your message, your product, and your capabilities over everyone else? Well, the first way to do it is don't do what everyone else does. So I don't care whether you're talking about a LinkedIn profile that you can take your standard presentation. Now you can record it using one of these tools that we've talked about. Add it to your profile. You can incorporate LinkedIn uh, videos um, into your profile. You can take what I love the most is one-on-one, face-to-face, direct video conferencing. Whether it's Hangouts or things like Skype, people react to people, and the ability to see eye to eye completely changes the dynamic. And if you're in a prospecting or a biz dev role, and you're reaching out through a video request and a video connection, I will guarantee it. Some, some people out there will say, ah, but no one does that, especially executives. They don't. Baloney. The stats and the reality is completely telling us a different story. Stand out, be bold, be ahead of the curve, and deliver the message that other people are trying to deliver, but you're going to do it in video. And when a customer or a prospect can look at you in the eyes, even if it's over video, your level of uh, relationship capability and next steps dramatically increases. So stand out from the crowd and incorporate video before everyone's doing it a couple of years from now. Yeah, I, I absolutely have bought into the whole concept of video. And again, just uh, as we close out, Miles, just want to remind people what you've been saying now for the past uh, several months on this show, and that is that you can take your iPhone and a couple of very simple tools and be turning out some really world-class video, high-definition video. Now take it and add Vidmo Pro to it, and suddenly you you look like uh, you look like an executive studio. I'm telling you, buddy, it it is game changing. And it's as I said, I, I just loved what what you and Doyle were talking about he, when you were talking about millennials and boomers. I don't care what age you are. Take this technology, embrace it, and run with it, and you are going to be surprised the impact it's going to have on your day to day business results. Yeah, that's great stuff. Well, listen, been a fantastic show, Miles. Make sure you follow him at fillthefunnel.com. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, as uh, all the smart people in the world do, at Miles Austin. Read this man's blog. He's got all the latest tips and tools, things that you need to make yourself far more productive. Great to have you back, Miles. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's the X's and O's segment. Many thanks to Miles for joining us. And that's going to do it for our show today. I can't say enough good things about Andy Paul and Doyle Slayton. These are two world-class guys. You can find them online, as I mentioned, in a lot of places. But Andy's got two great books out, Zero Time Selling and Amp Up Your Sales. Doyle Slayton runs Zumbi, X-O-O-M-B-I.com. And don't forget, you want to track down this website that Miles just gave us for this video creation tool, Vidmo Pro. It's bit.ly slash Vidmo Pro. 
And that's going to wrap up episode number 51 of Biz Locker Radio. Again, brought to you by the Business Locker Room. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host here each and every week. We will see you next time as we come back every Monday, 3 p.m. And do like I do, download the podcast on iTunes. You're going to want to go through this information over and over. It's the intersection of sports and business. It's Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs, and you are listening to our live show on Voice America. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.